Hi there, welcome to Music Ally Focus with me, Music Ally's editor, Joe Sparrow. And this is another in our series that digs into the burgeoning Web3 space and the new concepts, ideas and conventions and how they relate to the music business. Now, we've spoken a lot in this series about what Web3 projects are, what artists can get out of this technology, and what fans want from Web3 experiences and what the future might hold. But what about the actual underlying technology? And how do you get started with this famously complicated technology? Well, we've invited Tim Shank, CTO of Blockpool, and Brian Scudder, Head of Communications for Blockpool, to explain a bit more. Blockpool is a long-standing company that has worked in the blockchain space and connected it with the music industry for a number of years. Now, what is this Focus podcast? Well, Music Ally provides, as you know, an analysis-rich and contextual guide to the music business, and each of these Focus episodes analyzes one meaningful music business story at a time, just like this one. And this podcast is going to be quick. It'll take about the same amount of time as H. Sahana Banu of India could hypothetically identify over 1,000 country calling codes. That's if, of course, there were 1,000 countries that had calling codes. But anyway, they managed to identify 51 in one minute in 2021. Now, talking of being able to understand incredibly difficult codes, we wanted to talk about how music businesses can partner with blockchain companies and about the actual blockchain technology itself. We want to dig into which projects should or shouldn't be tokenized or blockchainified, how to pick the right form of token and partner, and what other considerations there might be when making these decisions. So we've got Brian and Tim from Blockpool to explain, and let's go over to them and find out some more. So we're very happy to welcome to the show this week, Tim Shank, CTO of Blockpool, and Brian Scudder, Head of Communications. Now we've asked them onto the the show to talk about the actual blockchain technology itself. We've been exploring Web3 technologies over a series of shows, and we've looked into and zoomed into sort of various uh, ways of using it and things that um, this Web3 technology can do. We're using Web3 as a very broad term, of course. But we'd like to talk to um, Brian and Tim about um, the actual underlying technology and how can people in the music industry get started with what is, in fairness, a famously complex suite of technologies and protocols. Um, and Obviously, a block pool. You have a lot of experience of partnering with people. So, um, Tim and Brian, first of all, can you explain what block pool is and what it does, and equally, what it isn't and what it doesn't do? Sure. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, great to be on the show. Um, block pool uh, fundamentally offers music creators, uh, music rights holders, uh, and of course, their, their promotional and marketing teams. Uh, basically mature, tested, uh, predominantly uh, non-fungible token NFT blockchain solutions um, for their, well, several things, for for not just reducing cost in terms of, um, you know, making businesses run more smoothly and future-proofing for Web3, um, but also create business opportunities. And I think that's one of the most important things that, um, that we've come across over the last couple of years. Uh, is, is that there are a whole host of new ways of doing current business, uh, but, uh, but, but with the technology being able to experiment and open that up into, in, into whole new kind of business categories. Um, so our, our, our focus tends to be on, on actual assets, so the music itself. We, we also do this with art. Uh, at Blockpool, we do this with um, 
uh, no, industry, uh, pharmaceuticals businesses or, 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 or um, uh, petrochemical businesses, for example. But um, <clears throat> because it's such a you know such a broad uh, broad application of technology, but but certainly in the music industry, um, we focus on the on the assets themselves uh, and and what what block pool, but also you know NFTs and um, uh, blockchain technology, distributed ledger, whatever you want to call it, allows is both the sort of timestamping and creation and provenance of an of a of a digital asset. So in this case, music, um, and it, allowing information to be appended to that um, to that sort of instance on in in the digital world, which then allows it to transform over time. So when, when we're looking at a, a, a digital asset, the the ability to actually change that over time allows businesses to to basically transform the way that their customers experience their products um, or, or, or or their their work. Um, it means that uh, it means that the, the 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 relationship between you as a business selling your wares, as it were, um, it creates new opportunities for for your customers to 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 experience it in the digital space in in different ways, for it to change over time in different ways and in different locations. Um, and but it also at the same time allows you to maintain a certain level of control over that entire process. Yeah, can you give us an example then? Because uh, perhaps from a sort of a hypothetical one, even from the perspective of let's say an artist or an artist team or a label producing, let's say music or, or music related products that become tokenized or become attached somehow to the blockchain so you can prove provenance or whatever. Can you give an example of what you mean by when something sort of changes with time and, and moves with the fans and provides different experiences? What, what could that be, for instance? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, so, you know, you can append any kind of information to, to, to NFT um, and uh, you can, uh, depending on the file system that you use, you can store, you know, very, very large files, for example. Um, what... From a, from a kind of marketing sales perspective of what one can do, also very much from a creative perspective as well. And it's a nice thing is the sort of combination of these two things is you could say have a bit of music. You could then, um, so you, 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 you sell that uh, as an NFT, but at the same time you say, okay, well, there's a concert coming up from this artist. Um, you can add uh, a ticket to that, um, that digital asset, um, which could then be used in a venue, which could then, uh, involves some sort of transfer of tokens, for example, some value from other partners in that stadium or, or at that event. Uh, and these are all things that you can control over time and in your own time, according to your own schedule. And as I say, you're, and you're in complete control of it. So, so the 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 you the buyer of that music suddenly doesn't have, hasn't just bought a piece of music; they bought access to a, a to a, a um, an event, a tour, or a, a or a piece of art, cover art, for example, that could be could be accessed through that that single NFT. Um, so you can, you can see there that you're 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 actually from again from a marketing perspective, you're actually compressing the process of 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 giving more value to customers in a single place. And I think that's revolutionary. Now, for clarity, can you sort of explain? how Blockpool works in relation to other ostensibly um, 
like NFT blockchain platforms, for instance, we've seen, a, we've covered and written about a lot recently on Music LA. Um, for instance, people within the music industry, whether they're artists or labels, partnering with platforms to create NFTs for their artists. And at the most simple level, you've got one, you've got platforms where you can upload a piece of art that you've created, whether it's musical or visual art. And it's a sort of solution where it spits out you know, a, a page where you can go and bid on these NFTs and you can sell them and you know, everything happens automatically. And that's one sort of quite narrow and extreme example. How do you, for example, partner with music industry companies? What do they want and, and how do they come to you and what, what do you give them in return? Hi, Joe. Thanks for having us today. Um, I can answer that. How we partner with music companies, uh, everything, it's very individual. Blockchain has a number of features. Some are viable. Some are not for different business models. Everybody has some sort of idea about blockchain at this point and what it does, mostly around transmission of value like Bitcoin. Um, and now more recently around NFTs as provenance and ownership for digital art. So there, in a lot of cases, we we invalidate some of those because because I'm the first person to deny technology for technology's sake. There is market value in some of that. So that's a, that's a consideration. Um, but we, we work with people to identify the opportunities and make sure that their solution fits their business model. Um, there's a lot of things that people don't realize and Brian alluded to some of this, but um, there's opportunities to crowdsource a project without having any outlay of, of funds on a private blockchain, you can sell NFTs. I'll give you a, for instance, if I didn't have the funding for the studio time it takes to record my album, I can pre-sell NFTs with the album art and licensing to the songs or a song after it's produced. So I can pre-sell that, collect the money on those NFTs and deploy the blockchain with that money that then enables that future value to my, my fans um, and give them a part of the creation process. There's other, Brian alluded to ticketing. There's also options for rights and royalties management. Now all of this, it doesn't fit for every artist or every company, um, but we work with the client specifically to find those, those opportunities. Um, we've never, we, we, we avoid the public chains and the NFTs simply because they are so volatile. There's so much, what I, what I always, what I term is hype, which can be valuable for marketing in some cases, but it is difficult to run a business on hype. And to jump in here, if you're finding this useful, and you'd like more of this kind of in-depth news and analysis waiting for you in your inbox every morning, as well as access to all of the other stuff that Music Ally does, including industry-leading reports, head on over to musically.com slash subscribe. And don't forget, if you work for an indie label, you're an artist manager, you're an employee of a CMO or publisher, you might be eligible for one of our sponsored complimentary subscriptions as well. So that's musically.com slash subscribe to find out more. Okay, let's get back to Brian and Tim. For, for clarity there, you know, we, we hear a lot in the press, we read about, you know, um, 
the, you know the Ethereum blockchain, for instance, which is obviously the most one of the most famous ones, and it's the one that a lot of the incredibly uh, hyped NFT projects run on. But what you're talking about here is you would work, you would partner with an organization, and they would you would create for them their own um, private. A blockchain which they can then use in their own private processes to to do something that brings value to their own system right yes that's exactly that's exactly it you can see how creating a blockchain of um ratified uh, information proof of ownership would be ideal for very many parts of the music industry that relies very uh, heavily on metadata for instance so some of these kind of make a, a sort of obvious um, presentation of how they could be used. But you mentioned a bunch of things there, um, like crowdfunding an album, for instance, um, which can be done off-chain. They can be done without blockchain technology, but they can also be done through tokenization and blockchainification, uh, if that is actually a word. Um, and that is one of those sort of decisions that people are going to have to start making soon, isn't it? Which is, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to connect with my fans in this way. Or I'm going to work on a project that has some sort of um, uh, collective element to it. Should I do it with a blockchain solution or should I not? How do you make that decision then to say, right, okay, I'm going to do this with the blockchain or without the blockchain? There's a, there's a huge difference, obviously, between crypt cryptocurrencies the common conception of NFTs and, and distributed ledger technology as a whole. So when, when we talk about NFTs, we're talking about really distributed ledger technology and, 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 and the kind of functional mechanics of how we approach these things ourselves. Um, it, it is, we, we do point to media NFTs, you know, we do point to a piece of music, we do point to a piece of art or, 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 or a chemical formulae. Through our, our, our interactions with people in the music industry, we have built specific functionality into the blockchain that, you, that, that most, I don't think any public chains have. We have multiple classes of NFTs that allow for, for, multiple, for, the, for the creation to be tracked separately from the ownership. We also have the ability to attach what, what I call shares tokens, um, but essentially they are tokens in batches of a multiple of 10, you know, so a hundred of them would equal 1% of, and it can be applied to ownership. It can, it can be applied to rights and royalties. There's different ways to use it, but the technology itself supports the ability to fractionalize or to have, you know, one-tenth of a percent or even a hundredth of a percent um, rights, royalty allocations. Going back to your question about when to use blockchain, um, how, to, how to make that determination, it, it's a difficult choice to make I and mean, it's difficult to understand the complexity of it. But one of the benefits of blockchain is that it is independent of a lot of these, a lot of um, the existing system. So as a single artist, I can conceivably set up a, a blockchain to manage all of my rights and royalties, protect all of my IP, as well as allow for trading or transmission of value in the tokens for my work outside of any of the existing systems in a, in a, in a database that is distributed and redundant enough that if a whole continent loses power, my, my, nothing changes for me.
Um, we we all know we I'm sure we we've all we all understand the security of of a blockchain. You can't take one down. You can't you can't modify them. The very first transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain are there, and they'll be there forever. We're talking about them here from a quite a high level technological perspective, uh, which you have to, to to discuss these things. But we're also talking about them how they can be used at a, in a creative way. You know, crowdfunding a, an album, attaching ticket sales. Uh, to um, buying a bit virtual merchandise, you know, it, it it really covers the whole breadth of the experience. You can very feasibly have a an internationally successful artist, but who is not attached to a major label and doesn't have this huge infrastructure behind them. They run fairly independently with a smaller team. So d- decisions like this become quite. Um, big and fundamental, don't they? Because you know you 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 want to get it right. Do you see a future where there will be a sort of agreed technological solution for all these things in the sense that maybe an artist will say okay i need to or an artist team will say okay i need to put all my information on um a a private chain so i can track it and and stay in in control of everything uh and i will use this company's technology or this this product um that is the one that does this for independent artists one of the main points here is because this isn't a hugely expensive task i mean it's obviously time resource and and but i i think it gives teams an opportunity to rethink the way they approach their customers which was my point right at the beginning um and i think experimentation is absolutely key now because it isn't hugely expensive to do um i think businesses should really open themselves to experimentation and new ways of thinking of of the actual the the, the product that they actually sell and the way they sell it effectively mm. um so i'd like to paraphrase um uh, a, a professor at uh, rmit in melbourne um uh professor sinclair davidson he, he he said the other day to me that um nfts are the new general purpose technology of the digital economy and you can sort of slash crypto economy if you like because they're, going, they're merging so quickly if that is the general purpose technology then i think everybody should be experimenting providing it doesn't create huge cost they should say okay let's run a pilot project let's do it in ticketing let's see can we yeah. tickets to 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 a piece of music um if you don't do it now and you don't teach your teams how to do it and if you don't embrace at least a part of it now, then I, I, I think you're missing a trick, effectively. How, how hard is that to do? Because we've seen in the last, let's say, 18 months, we, we've seen this sort of the explosion of not just interest in NFTs as these wild numbers, which, you know, don't seem to be, they're, they're outliers, you know, these huge numbers of people. Uh, values of NFTs being sold, let's say, connected to music artists. But in the wake of Grimes or Blau or whoever selling these very, very expensive NFTs, we've seen, of course, the music industry, the major labels, get very interested very quickly and jump in and experiment because it's kind of clearly the right thing to do at the moment. But how how difficult is it to sell people in on that? Because on one hand, it's you know saying to someone, okay, so you, we have monkey JPEGs and they're worth a million dollars. But people get that, right? <laughs> but when it, when you're talking about saying, okay, well, this is like you 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 put it across very well of how the technology works and what the benefits are of it. How easy is it to convince people? Hey, look, you know, don't dump everything in an Excel document. Try this instead. 
yes, it's still early days, and and yes, it can. It beca- I think partly because of the whole board ape thing, it can be a difficult sell because people go, well, that's clearly insane, and um, and how 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 does something so insane apply to me? And I suppose to answer your question, that's where the nuance comes in. You know, this isn't about. Um, I mean, look, it'd be wonderful if we all had a board ape worth a million quid, but but we don't. So um, there are there are so many other avenues to explore, which again brings me back to experimentation. Um, but you know, build, talk to the right people, and build a decent use case. You know, um, I mean, there are, there are there are so many out there. As, as you said, a lot a lot of the large players have jumped into the market, um, and 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 they've 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 learned from that experience. So I, I think I think that is key for everybody now. And as I say, in eighteen months. You know, it, it it will be universal to 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 some extent. We're looking forward to beyond this initial hype stage where every everybody's interested, nobody really understands. We we're drilling into what it actually does and how that can be used, rather than than that. And one of the one of the our our approach in productizing it makes it a much easier sell or much easier conversation to have with our clients because we're not developing a blockchain for them. We have a blockchain. We have it. It has specific unique value for being developed for the music industry, but it applies broadly to supply chain and in just many, many cases. Our clients aren't responsible for managing the blockchain for the hardware that's involved for the bandwidth. All of that is part of the license that we have for your blockchain. It's still your private blockchain. Nobody can access it unless you say. And that's really our focus. Makes that conversation much easier to have and much more um, fruitful because we're, we're taking all that confusion out of the conversation as much as to whatever degree we can. Okay. Well, uh, Tim and Brian, thanks ever so much for that. We've been able to sort of dig quite a lot deeper into a more as you said, Tim, a sort of mature and realistic future of, of blockchainification of, of this sort of very fundamental part of the industry. And I think, um, yeah, that's, that's very helpful in sort of understanding how the technology is going to sort of meld into our day-to-day life. And uh, so, yeah, thank you very much, to Tim and Brian. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Thanks. So thanks again to both of those uh, for joining us on the podcast and shining some light on the complication that is the blockchain. Uh, If you found that useful, please share the podcast on with someone who you think will also get something out of it. And if you'd like to email me, please do. It's joe at musically.com. We have a free weekly email called The Knowledge, which rounds up a bit of this, a bit of that, and a bit of the other of all the best analysis news, marketing insight, and skills that Music Ally whelps onto the web every week. So sign up and impress your boss. Links are in the description as always. And as well, there are links to Blockpool and the various projects they have worked on. So that's it. Thank you for joining me as ever. And uh, well, until next time, from me, Musical.ly's editor, Joe Sparrow, farewell.